0: Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Draft Podcast.
1: Oh, man. that Last week was kind of painful to watch, don't you think? I think it's uh, so
0: painful we should go short.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, just kind of briefly going through everything. Uh, maybe not spend that much time. This week we're without Matt, but... The rest of the ensemble here uh Casey uh Brandon, and Chase are all here. We can still talk about everything um, yeah it's it's been a long week for everyone. Covid has hit a lot hit the n f l majorly hit many states across the country and now, now there are a ton of players that are still questionable because of COVID protocol, Ben Roethlisberger being one. Um, he Ben Roethlisberger is currently on the right track to get off and be able to play on Sunday, but some players aren't as fortunate. Uh, going right into um, other players that are confirmed out, uh, CMC is out, Christian McCaffrey um, he injured his right shoulder last week after only playing once. I'm still bitter about that, but you know, injuries happen. Uh, Joe Mixon's still out and Galladay's out again. Uh, and we kind of see the light and day, the night and day difference in that lion's offense with and without him. Uh, David Johnson, they're all out. It, it's miser It's miserable. Um, when looking at some of the questionable people, like you have Robert Tanya and Drake, Jerry Judy, That's all questionable. Uh, David Montgomery is still in concussion protocol. And knowing that a lot of players are currently on by this week, a lot of your high score, high scoring tight ends. Uh, a lot of your high scoring wide receivers are all on by players like Julio Jones, Tyree Hill, They're all on by. So, um it's you need to keep an eye on David Montgomery because David Montgomery is a good flex option and hopefully he'll be able to be cleared. Uh and then some of the one some good news though is if you're looking offensively, uh the players that are in this week, you have Alshon Jeffrey making a season debut. Miles Sanders is back. I'm sorry to the Boston Scott owners that picked him up over the past couple weeks, but now you have Miles Sanders in there. Uh and finally Nick Chubb is back after being out for over a month. Um so now the Raym Hunt owners, if you want to see a decline in points from him, but Nick Chubb owners have probably drafted him very early. you will be happy to know that he's gonna be back this week and playing against uh
0: playing this week. So Hey, it's always a good day when good old Nick Chubb is playing. Um but you go ahead and you look at a lot of these Uh, injuries and there's a lot of them that are getting kicked out that would be those fantasy replacements. Um, I know I have friends who have asked me fantasy advice and they're all their running backs are second string running backs. (laughs) And sometimes uh, I think he has Latavius Murray, Josh Dobbins and Wilkins. (laughs) And he's trying to figure out which two he starts at running back. So I know there's going to be a lot of people in, a running back crunch and this might be a time that you can find good trades um, for running backs you still have time before sunday's games if you're really in that bad because there's a lot of good wide receivers that are hit or miss that are, make easy trade targets for low end running backs
2: yeah and i just wanted to touch a bit like e- even with COVID and without COVID, i think this season been a, a terrible season for injuries and um, sidelining of players. Um, I, I mean, I, I was explaining earlier uh, to both of you guys that um, my fantasy team almost looks nothing like uh, like it did before um, on week one. It's almost an entirely different team at this point, just with how many injuries there's been in the league. Yeah, it, I
1: think that's probably the hardest thing that's been uh for me when it comes to fantasy is it's been kinda hard to get into this year. I know going into the league there is a lot of question marks about what was happening and but you know, we were still excited to have fantasy football again because it's it's it it's a it's an escape from reality a little bit. You can kinda like compete with your friends and, you know, we all remember that time without any sports where it was just kind of miserable. Um but as soon as things started getting going, players were either out for COVID or they were out because of injuries. And it was really hard to get excited after week two, especially when uh, maybe this is going to come across like I'm bitter. But when you draft like Christian McCaffrey week one and then he's out for a majority of the season come week two um, or say Nick Chubb owners that back picked him like week three or four, or around three or four. And then now he was gone for so far the majority of the season. Um I will say that my fiance has been pretty happy. She's been um she's been dominating our in her first ever fantasy league, taking taking the uh taking the nice little uh help from um people having to always readjust their rosters because you know, you can have your roster set one day, and then immediately the next, oh no, another person tests positive for COVID, so now you have to completely change up your roster again. Um, but she's been taking advantage of that. She went off and was the only undefeated team left in our league, and is currently sitting at uh, like six and three, so she's still doing very well. Um, so I'm proud of her for that.
0: Hey, you but know what? For me, she had some uh, interesting pickups there in the middle of the season.
1: She did. She did. She made an interesting trade. She traded um she traded with Matt um for I honestly I probably as the league owner I probably should have vetoed but you know I don't I didn't want to do that for Tilly for for, for my fiance for her first ever uh her first ever trade in her first ever fantasy league. You know, she traded uh DK Metcalf and Tyler Higby for um, for T.J. Hawkinson and Michael Thomas, uh, which you know the Michael Thomas pickup is not bad right now because Michael Thomas is actually playing, but a couple of weeks ago that was bad. Um, there were some other extra outside of fantasy league parts of that deal that aren't honestly I probably should have vetoed, but you know I, again I didn't want to be that kind of league manager when it's it's her first time she's having fun and that's all that matters you know
0: hey fun is what matters but that doesn't win you money um something that might win you money is talking to a little bit about running back replacements um i mentioned we mentioned earlier how many are out and how uh some people had some issues um but so if montgomery disappears uh, the next in line is going to be Ryan Null, I believe, if Casey, correct me if I'm wrong there on your roster of choice.
1: The next man up is Cordell Patterson. Is he? And then Ryan Null. Yep. Okay. It, it normally goes David Montgomery, Tyreek Cohen, Cordell Patterson, then Ryan Null, but Tyreek out is already out for the year, and then yep. David Montgomery is still in concussion protocol.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see if Cordell Patterson actually gets his, his share of carries, but you can uh, either pick up Cordell Patterson or Ryan Olive if you're really in that situation. Um, we know that uh, Jackson is out for the Chargers most likely. You can look for uh, Joshua Kelly there or many uh, ba- Kalen Ballage. I can't ever say his name. Uh, he's been a journeyman who's been around last week. He had 70 yards, 15 carries and he got a touchdown off of it he's getting the goal line work so maybe Kalen Ballage might be the person you pick up there um also an interesting one who's probably been picked up most of the time but it just in case with David Johnson being out for concussion protocol Duke Johnson for uh, the Texans he definitely gets a lot of chances with catching out of the backfield so in a PPR league definitely something to look for
2: Yeah, I've got Duke Johnson. I picked him up this week um, with Justin Jackson being listed as out for the Chargers. I decided to pick Duke uh, Johnson up. And um, I'm not, you know, I picked him up because he's got a good projection for this week, but I'm not entirely trustworthy as um, he's got a really significant chance of being a bust this week. He's averaging, I think, only five points seven or 5.8 points on the season. Um, He just had kind of an explosive performance last week with 15. So definitely a risky pick there for me, I think. But um, really, it was the only option I had. So if you're kind of all out of options on the RB side, um, I'd definitely go with him.
1: Yeah, and one of the major things that some people may be facing is, you know, when they get through this far in the league uh, and, you know, you have, say, Honestly, the most important kicker that you probably have is uh, that you'd have for this week's buys would be uh, Harrison Butker. That's currently on buy. Uh, Good replacement is uh, if if he's still available in your leagues. I don't know if he would be, but uh, Blankenship for the uh, well, it would have been a good one. Would have been Blankenship moving forward if your kicker is still not doing well, Um, but. I picked up Dan Bailey as a good replacement for 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 Harrison Butker. Uh, the reason being is with the Bears' defense, they're always going to stiffen up in the red zone. They're not going to give anything too terribly easy, especially in Minnesota, who's kind of been struggling. And Chicago has been proving over over the past few weeks that they can stop hard like a hard core running backs like Alvin Kamara. Uh, and then Derrick Henry back-to-back weeks. Um, and, you know, they, they've they been pretty solid all year round in the red zone. Um, so you're going to have Minnesota going to be granted a lot of opportunities in the red zone to kick. Um, and they can't – uh, yeah, so Dan Bailey should be able to get you a lot of points here. Just because of positioning and Chicago defense being a little bit too hard um, to deal with.
0: Um. Yeah, and we're we're still we're we're still talking about struggles, right? Uh, and maybe replacements, the fantasy woes. Um, we can get on a couple more running backs because why not? I love talking about running backs here. Jonathan Taylor and his fumble. Fumble-prone lifespan. And people wanting to sell Derrick Henry. I think these are both uh, two interesting topics with some really mainstream running backs that we don't normally address but can definitely look at here. Um, The selling on Henry. Henry's... The thing is, he's not getting in the end zone and he doesn't get PPR points. He doesn't catch very many passes. He caught one pass this uh, last week. And... I think he ran for 100 yards last night if I'm not mistaken. So, he's still doing well, but just not the level that most people were looking for. Does anybody else have anything on at least Henry here?
1: I do have comments on Henry. Uh the the thing with Henry is all week this week people have been talking about wanting to sell low on Derrick Henry just to get him off his off the roster cuz you know the past few weeks have been pretty bad. Uh he only had six points against Chicago. Chicago, he only had six points. But the the thing with Derrick Henry is, especially as we get into the colder months, especially as we get into the colder months, people are not going to want to tackle him. He's big. He's going to get a lot more touches when it gets colder. Because that's when you're going to start seeing a lot more of old-fashioned football, especially coming out of Tennessee, where they're going to be running the ball down your throat uh, most most of the time. And we'll see uh, drive patterns similar to that of um, uh, Chicago, where they ran six run plays up the gut with Derrick Henry in a row until it stopped working. Um, and the most important thing with Derrick Henry... Not only is he going to get a lot of touches, but late in the season, the, th- the fi- three of the final four weeks that we are in playoffs, Derrick Henry is scheduled to go up against three of the worst run defenses. The last three defenses are all green for him. He's going to be spectacular in the playoffs. So I would not get rid of him yet, or if you do, sell high, because he's going to be very, very critical come playoff time.
2: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think anyone considering trading Henry at this point, um, I think that's would be a very premature move. Um, I think, I mean, the past couple games, yeah, Henry hasn't been dominant, but it just looks that way because he has been dominant through most of the early games of the season. Um, he's been one of the main factors that led the Titans to their six and three record. Um, I think he's the main, one of the main things that will get them into the playoffs. Um, should they do that? Um, so I, I definitely think that, um, if you're considering trading Henry at this point, unless you have a better option at RB or you can get a, a big playmaker in compensation, I, I, I wouldn't even consider it.
0: Okay, so we've talked a little bit on Henry. Let's switch over to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's been having some woes. Um, let's see. Last week, not including yesterday's game against Baltimore and their loss, uh, he ran six. He rushed for six for twenty-seven yards six times. Had one TD. Had two catches for seven yards and a fumble. Um, and now he comes in last night, or I guess I can even go before that. Eleven carries for twenty-two yards. Twelve The 12 carries for 60 is fine versus Cincinnati, but it was really his last big game. And last night, he had seven carries for 12 yards, less than two yards a carry. Had two targets for 25 yards, which isn't bad. But what's happening with Jonathan Taylor? And what are you guys looking at for this fantasy impact he's really causing?
1: I think right now that the problem with Jonathan Taylor is the fact that he is currently in a two to three running back system there in in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, he's going to be he's struggling as a primary back, but Hines is really stepping in the past couple of weeks where Taylor is struggling. So I think Taylor is quickly getting replaced. Uh, so we won't see Taylor nearly, nearly as much kind of putting him back into uh, running back two position, so he can still kind of learn and develop behind people. Uh, And mind you that this is all happening right now while Marlon Mack is hurt and done for the year. So next year, it'll probably be even worse. He'll probably see even fewer touches next year. Um, But Jonathan Taylor is really kind of getting solved by defenses. They kind of expect exactly what he's going to do, and they stop him before he can actually execute. Um, Hines, on the other hand, they didn't really see much of him going into the year. So they have very – Very little uh, film on him, Um, and even film doesn't really kind of do the kid justice because he he is quick, he is nimble, he is very agile. He can do exactly what Indianapolis needs him to do, and Hines is simply just the better back right now in Indianapolis.
0: All right, so we've talked a little bit on running backs. Now I only have one receiver in my mind right now that I want to talk about. Can you guys guess who it is? That's the one that I'm thinking
1: of. I think mind is a very harsh word uh to use because this this man is messed up in his. Hmm. Is it Antonio Brown?
0: I don't know, Chase. Is it? That it would be. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't think yeah, I don't think
2: uh that intro, Casey, could could to talking about anyone else. Um I don't know. I, I think uh I think Tampa Bay I think Tampa Bay's problems against the Saints um were not solely on the shoulders of Antonio Brown, but I think his return coinciding with Tom Brady's worst ever loss um is not merely a coincidence. Uh I think um, Antonio Brown presents a chemistry problem for every team he's on. He, Of course, he's going to take away um, targets from uh, other good receivers on the Buccaneers. And I think that was one of the factors that made their offense look totally irrelevant against the
0: Saints. So how long does A.B. stay here, hypothetically? He's uh, frustrating Mike Evans in the fact that he's taking targets away from him. Uh, there's already plenty of people that that ball needs spread to, and that's not what Mike Evans wants as a number one wide receiver. Uh, he's being out targeted by the likes of Devontae Parker, um, different. Even, I think Heck Chase even Claypool's Alan doing it.
1: Adam <laughs> Robinson's getting more targets per game than Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, is the so? Is AB the real issue in the the room? Or is he just gonna perpetuate the problem?
1: Well I would like to just sit here and bash on Antonio Brown all day because I feel it's like super fun. It. and it's really easy. It is really easy. But I think that the problem in Tampa Bay right now is not even really a problem. I think um per se, I think that right now it was a little bit of overconfidence. They went in, they made a trade they made a trade before deadline. Uh, to get Steve McClendon. Uh Then they got uh, Antonio Brown to finally be able to play. Antonio Brown only having, what, two receptions on the day? Um, but I think that ultimately what that came down to was the Saints' pass rush was all over that Tampa Bay offensive line. Tampa Bay's offensive line just kind of crumbled. So Tom Brady was forced to make bad throws, bad reads, to force passes which is normally not what Tom Brady does. And Tom Brady ended up throwing one of his worst games um, in a long while. And the Saints just kind of feasted on it. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the Saints offensively were really hitting a rhythm. Uh, Having Michael Thomas there and not trying to start a fight with everyone, Alvin Kamara still doing what Alvin Kamara does best. Uh, Jerry Cook always being that hard, like middle of the field. What are you gonna do? Um, what are you gonna do to stop me? Because if you stop me, you are uh, you're open to either Kamara or Michael Thomas. You know, it, it's kind of like a three headed Hydra or, th- or like a Cerberus or something on that Saints offensive on the Saints offense. And honestly, the the it was just it was a bad time. All around, I don't necessarily think that's a chemistry issue because Antonio Brown has only been there for a certain amount of time, and he kind of knows that he has to keep his nose down, otherwise he's going to get cut. Um, a lot of tam- a lot of the Tampa Bay front office already knows that ta- that Antonio Brown is just a rental anyway. So, and so, am I just blaming him too much? I think people are blaming him too much. Honestly, I think a lot. It's not just you. I think it's a lot of people are are blaming Antonio Brown too much this week. Um, I say if if the problems still linger maybe two, three weeks down the road and you still see trouble, trouble chemistry-wise on that offense, then, yeah, maybe start looking at Antonio Brown being the problem. But right now, I think they're fine. I think bad games happen to every team, and that was just one of those games where they got simply outplayed by the Saints, all sides
0: of the ball. Looks like Casey has decided I am overreacting on my one wide receiver I had to talk about today. <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody else have a better wide receiver they want to talk about? Because apparently mine.
1: <laughs> I I think wide receivers right now are fantastic. Um, Allen Robinson, I have a large, large love for. Uh, coming into Chicago and really kind of changing the chemistry on the offense until the offensive line decided to crumble over the past couple of years. Um, uh, really, ever since Kyle Long retired, that offensive line kind of crumbled. But the but wide receivers right now are just re- really playing some of the best football uh, that I've seen in a while. Tyree Kill really kind of changing the game of what teams are really looking for for wide receivers. Uh, kind of smaller guys, fast guys with hands. Um, then you have people like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, some of the best wide receivers in the game. DeAndre Hopkins re- really, like, re, uh, refinding, like finding himself again in Arizona, finding more new life in Arizona a- alongside Larry Fitzgerald, um, finally making Arizona look like a contender for the first time in years. Um, wide receivers right now are just really
2: really good. Um, I've got two that I want to talk about, but not not because they're right now. Um, they've they've been good at various points this season. But I've been really disappointed these last few weeks in um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And it's it's not entirely their fault, either. Ever since Dalvin Cook returned for the Vikings, um, he's been getting... I mean, they're just giving the ball to him and, and basically making him run the offense. It, their offense is entirely dependent on Cook at this point, pretty much. Um, I mean, yeah, Cousins and Jefferson and um, Thielen are, are still in the game, and they're still making plays occasionally, but... Um, I haven't seen nearly the amount of points out of either of those two since Cook returned than before he did. And, um, they, they were losing games and, and, and still scoring tremendously in fantasy. And, and Cook came back and just stole the show, started winning games for him. So uh, I think it's it's definitely a big detriment to both of them in terms of they're not getting uh, as nearly as much, especially Justin Jefferson, not getting nearly as much experience on the field as he was in some of those earlier games um where he was kind of shoved into the uh shoes that Stefan Diggs left the, the enormous shoes of Stefan Diggs. Um, and and he did pretty well those first few weeks but um th- these past couple um they just haven't shined nearly as much as they did earlier in the season.
1: And they're facing another tall task next week too on Monday where uh, so this coming Monday where they have to go up against Chicago. Um, and Is you know, that a on- tall task? Yeah, I'd say so because Kyle Fuller and uh, Jalen Johnson still have one of the lowest completion percentages when targeted. Whenever the ball goes their way, they have the lowest completion percentage allowed. So they're two of the top safe. They're two of the top corners right now in terms of completion percentage in the league. So it's going to be a hard challenge uh, for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to really kind of get that ball moving especially if Dalvin Cook gets held up at the line, like Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry have the past few weeks, Chicago has been doing a very good job of neutralizing the run game. Um, and without really sacrifice, without really sacrificing uh, the pass game, uh, normally where they get beat is when you beat Buster screen from the, in the nickel. Right. And, It's it's really hard, and what that game's going to come down to is if your defense can disrupt the Bears' offensive line, which is pretty easy um, to stop Nick Foles from really kind of opening up the offense, especially now that the Bears have uh, a new a new play caller in Bill Lazor. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a a very tall order from the Minnesota wide receivers, but it's going to be a fantastic game nonetheless um a good old fashioned rivalry game on Monday night. Um Kirk Cousins normally chokes on Monday night, so let's see if he can finally break that uh losing streak that he's had ever since uh ever since he joined the league. Currently 0 and eight, I believe, on Monday nights. And you know he has never beaten Chicago since going into Minnesota. So Hopefully hopefully they can change the pace this week. Um, let's see kind of how Justin Jefferson really does against a fellow rookie in Jalen Johnson um, when Jalen Johnson's proving that he is a superstar at, that, at the number two corner.
2: Yeah, and I think divisional games in the NFC North, well, I think uh, we... Found that out with Dalvin Cook's return against the Packers. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting the outcome that that actually occurred. Um, so I, I would definitely agree with you, Casey. I think um, one of the key factors is going to be the Bears if they're able to get that offense firing and and able to score some points because I think they'll be able to hold the Vikings to to a and especially Dalvin Cook to a lower uh, lower scoring and lower yardage than um, he has been these past few weeks. I mean, last week he had, what, over 200 rushing yards? Um, I definitely don't think he'll repeat that this week, um, but I think it just depends on if the Bears' offense can do enough to outscore the Vikings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's about what it's going to be. You know, you got your wide receiver highs, you got your running back lows, and it's kind of the story of the season.
1: Yeah, and then you have a team
0: like the New York Jets that are just low all around. Ah, don't worry about it; they're fine. They almost beat the Patriots last week. Statistics
1: say otherwise. Statistics say otherwise, man.
0: Four point five yards per play. Statistics say that
1: uh, the Jets are on pace to be the worst team that we've ever seen, Uh, and that's saying something because we both had what the 2008 Lions. Uh, We had the 0-16 Cleveland Browns, the 1-15 Cleveland Browns. so And not to mention the disasters that was Miami, New York, and uh, Cincinnati last year. And the Jets are still struggling on all sides of the ball. They're often showed signs of life against... Uh, another struggling team in the New York, New, uh, New England Patriots. And they lost basically because they, they – so so that final – what really kind of set up New England for, um, for a field goal was a open pass in the center of the field. The receiver went down. If nobody touched him, the clock ran out. If people let him just lay there or get back up and attempt to run and then get him down at like the two, three yard line, the uh the game would have been over. The clock would have ran out, game was over. But they didn't. So it was a goof up defensively that ended up losing the New England Jets or the, the ended up winning the game for the New England Patriots, losing it for the for the Jets. But I think that also goes to say like how bad of a coach Adam Gase is when they put up 20 points and have a 20 to 10 lead and everything's going right for them in the first half, just to choke it all away in the second and hardly even go anywhere offensively the rest of the game. I I think that really kind of says something about Adam Gase.
0: I mean, (laughs) it's miserable. We can keep beating on Adam Gase. I feel like everyone at this point just knows he's bad. And somehow the Jets front office doesn't decide they want to fire him. They're just gonna let him ride out the season because hey, you get the first pick overall. Um, something the Jets defense is doing is giving up 29.8 ga- yards, or sorry, points per game on average. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> it's really hard to win games when you give up that many points, and it's also really hard to win games when your total offense only goes over 300 yards in two of your nine games. Um, Mm -hmm. There's never been a passing game over 300 yards, but there has been one under 100 yards. (laughs) And the last two games they've had less than 100 yards rushing, and they have 10 turnovers in nine games. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, one of the factors, one of the reasons that we're talking about the team possibly being the worst in history is even those two teams that Casey mentioned, the, the 08 Lions, you know, yeah, they went 0 and 16, but they had Calvin Johnson. They had, uh, signs of life, signs that they would get better, uh, with time. The 2017 Browns, they went 0 and 16 intentionally, partially. Um, They went 0-16, intending to pick up as many draft picks as they possibly could so that they could build into a better team. And we're seeing them recover. I mean, they're doing significantly better than they have uh, in years past this year. Um, And the the Lions are a little bit better, too, than they were back in 08. Um, But with the Jets, (laughs) the Jets have been irrelevant for uh, nearly a decade now, and it's... Every year, it's worse and worse and worse. Um, and this year, like you like you mentioned, Brandon, they're setting some incredibly low and high numbers um, for in, in all the wrong ways. Um, I, I think you mentioned they're giving up almost thirty points per game. They also have um, amongst those oh and sixteen teams. They also have the largest margin of loss. I think they're losing by almost almost two scores, if not more, every game. Um, so, so most of the games they lose aren't even really close. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's just that um, we're seeing, you know, it's, it's clearly not a fluke at this point, and it's not to get draft picks. It's not to get the number one pick and get better. Um, they've had opportunities like that in the past and haven't improved at all. So I definitely think that the Jets are in an unprecedented um, bad spot. So I, I have a question. I know we said that we were not going to beat
1: up on Adam Gase anymore, but I, this is an honest question. If you're in the front office for the, uh, for the New York Jets, when do you fire Adam Gase? I know when I would. Last year. I personally don't know when I would, but right now, looking at where your team is right now, when do you fire Adam Gaze?
0: I mean, like, like I just mentioned, like last year should have been the time you fired him, but I mean, at this point, you let him ride this dumpster fire out. As much as I want them to get rid of him and try finding another coach that will work for them, like... What is what good is it to bring a coach into a team that you have that you're not planning to keep? Maybe all but two pieces from right. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Jameson Crowder. Maybe Perrine comes up with something. Maybe they keep Sam Darnold, but you're not looking to keep any of those pieces. So you just let Adam Gase keep coaching them. You're not going to try out. Um, one of your offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators f- that were hired by Adam Gase um, to try and run the rest of this team.
2: Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. From my perspective, I don't see Adam as the reason the Jets are bad. I They're see bad. Adam as a symptom of the Jets being bad. I don't think. I don't think any coach in the league. I don't think you could take Pete Carroll and he would give be able to give the Jets a winning seat. I don't think if you put Pete Carroll on that team or any other coach that you think is great, I don't think any coach could take the Jets right now and even get them three wins. I don't think it's possible with the lack of playmaking, the lack of defense, even the lack of, of playing on special teams. Uh, I just think this, this Jets team is just, utterly demoralized and missing any kind of real playmaker that could that could give them any hope of, of winning games um i think i i looked at their remaining schedule and i think the only team that they stand a real chance of winning a lot of the teams that they're playing after this are above 500 the only team they really stand a chance to, uh of winning against is the patriots since they played such a close game surprisingly um but but they lost that game. And I, I, I'm almost certain they'll lose two of them again as well.
1: Yeah, and honestly, in my perspective, you don't I, – I think Brandon's right. You let him ride out the, the rest of – at least the rest of the year on this dumpster fire. Um, however, I think the first thing as the season ends, like the following Monday after your season ends, you fire him and his entire coaching staff. You completely clean house of Adam Gaze. Uh, He is one of those where you are better after he leaves than you are with him. He does not know how to build a team properly. And all he's going to do is just keep bringing your team down and bringing in pieces that is going to completely hurt your team. And right now the rest of the NFL knows that. So even if you get rid of big pieces and free up a ton of salary space, or salary cap space, nobody wants to come play for them. Nobody wants to come play for your organization. So you have to show an effort that you're willing uh, to make the changes to become a winning team. And the, the way you do that is completely clean house. Um, and I, so, yeah, I say first, th- first thing, First thing, as soon as your uh, as soon as your season ends, following Monday, Adam Gay should be gone. All
0: right, and on that following Tuesday, uh, the Washington football team should find a name because I'm tired of calling them the Washington football team. <laughs> um, but the real I don't question know.
1: It we... has a nice little tone.
0: It's a nice little ring to it. That's what we'll call it: the Washington football team. Um, but wow. have they found their quarterbacks in? Alex Smith Um, He's back And if you look at his completion rating He had 75% completion rating 325 yards One touchdown Only was sacked twice In his first game back Went 24 for 32 I mean pretty good Until you look at his three interceptions Um Which put him down to a quarterback rating Of 78 Uh (laughs) And they then ended up losing that game largely in part because of those three interceptions. So the last
1: two happened basically back to back. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you watch those plays, there's really nothing else he could have done. He with the time that he was given, the offensive line kind of crashed down on him, and you know he's still you can kind of still see he's somewhat protecting his leg, um, but you know. If the defender didn't make the play on the ball like they did, uh, like they did the first time, they easily could have came back and scored on that drive. The second one it was just a bounce off the hands of, their, of the intended receiver, and then uh, Logan Ryan ended up going and making the play, and that's that's all that really came down to. I don't necessarily think that that was a error on Alex Smith's part. I just think that it was a good defensive play. So I think I think we're seeing a, a nice little spark here out of Alex Smith. I know Heck of a Kyle first Alex, start
0: since twenty yeah. eighteen.
1: Yeah, his first start since his injury in twenty eighteen. The um, the, an injury that should have retired him. Um, more like more. He's lucky that he even has a leg. Like he still has that leg. Uh, Is the same kind of injury that made Alec, uh, Zach Miller retire um you know it it's it's a hard injury and you know Kyle Allen is Juan Rivera's quarterback moving forward once Kyle Allen is healthy again next season um but I think right now you're doing good and you're in a good spot with Alex Smith moving forward and he's showing signs that he is still prime Alex Smith
2: Yeah I think Washington keeping Keeping Alex Smith as their starter, I think that'll be fine. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I don't think it will be that much of a loss from Kyle Allen. Um, I don't know. I, I think Alex Smith will will give the same level of performance, but I don't think it'll it'll help Washington win games or help them make a season comeback. Um, you know, yeah, Smith. He had 325 yards, one TD, and three interceptions. By comparison, Daniel Jones had, you know, pretty much known for interceptions at this point, had 212 yards, one TD, and no interceptions. So uh, Washington made Daniel Jones look pretty good in that game. Um, but I, I definitely think that it wouldn't it would it wouldn't be a mistake for Washington to keep Smith in his QB, especially since his, like you guys said, he had a potentially career-ending injury, and him coming back and, and playing decent football at all is is final Account's a miracle
1: yeah i i I think it's i think regardless uh any game that Alex Smith plays and starts is a game to watch uh this week especially if you just want a feel good story um or you know you want to you you want to uh flinch every time that he takes a hit Because uh, I know I still do that i I still worry about him. I don't want to see another big injury on him like that again. Um, but yeah, definitely a game of the week uh, with with Washington uh, anytime that Alex Smith starts. But other games to kind of watch this week, uh, games like Seattle uh, versus the Rams, a divisional a divisional matchup, trying to see the uh, the Seahawks break a two game losing streak, see Russ kind of salvage what he can from a potential MVP race. A very tight MVP race between him, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Patrick Mahomes right now is a clear three front runners with Dalvin Cook, arguably at number four. Um, then another game you have Arizona Cardinals home against the Buffalo Bills. Bills red hot after beating Seattle. Uh, The Cardinals just looking like contenders all year long. And the last game that we have as a game game to watch is the Los Angeles Chargers uh, against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense looking phenomenal right now. Go fins! Uh, The Los Angeles Chargers, their offense is coming alive. They struggle defensively through so many different injuries. Joey Bosa's out with a concussion. Um, you know, that so there goes their primary pass rush. They have been notorious to choking games and always losing by one score every week for the past seven weeks. So I think it's time that Chargers prove once and for all that. They can hang with anybody and potentially even steal wins from somebody while the Dolphins are proving that they are playoff contenders. They are hunt they are in the hunt to make the playoffs. So that's my personal game of the week is Miami and Los Angeles. Um again the cards you have Josh Allen that's red hot trying to make a case to be in the MVP race. Um same with uh Kyler Murray having an explosive offense, uh, putting up Lamar Jackson-level numbers from last year, Um, and the the Cardinals just being overall a fantastic team defensively, offensively, everywhere. The Rams have a solid defense. We see that continuously. Their offense struggles, we've seen that for the past few weeks. Uh, Granted, they were on bye last week, but the week before, They got absolutely destroyed by the Dolphins' defense. Uh, And then we have Seattle, where, yeah, it was a shootout with the Bills. Costly turnovers from Russ um, offensively for the Seahawks, but the defense just could not slow down Buffalo. So these are our games to watch because all six teams have something major to prove going into this week
2: yeah I, mean, I I think my my pick out of all those games I think my pick is definitely the cardinals um and I think it's i don't know its it's kind of a funny coincidence that their head to head game comes after the Cardinals beat the Seahawks and then the bills beat the Seahawks in in succession so they're both um in the past couple weeks coming off you know a big win on um, the Seahawks i think came into the Cardinals game undefeated um, and then we're still like what six and one up against the Bills. Um, so I, I definitely think that, um, like you said, Kyler Murray and um, and Josh Allen are both in MVP talks right now for the way both of them have been playing, um, especially with Lamar Jackson kind of fading this year. Um, I, that, that would be my game of the week to watch.
0: Uh, you know what? I don't think it's a surprise which game of the week is my game of the week. Uh, I've been voting for him all season. Go for the Dolphins against the Chargers. The Dolphins coming out strong, Tua looking not too shabby. Uh, I know we talked about was he going to be able to make that transition? Was he going to be able to prove himself over what uh, was a pretty decent uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB? And he's definitely been able to at least suffice in there. And with a Dolphins defense that is a legitimate uh, top 10 defense right now, uh, I think that they're going to be able to pull out the battle of the rookie quarterbacks right now, even though I think Justin Herbert is the better rookie quarterback right now.
1: And then I've been pulling for Russ for MVP all year long. So my game that I'm rooting for personally, and I'm probably going to watch if not, if I'm not watching uh, the Washington football team on Sunday, that is Seattle Seahawks. Against the Rams, I love me a good div- uh, divisional matchup. Um, I think Russ is a fantastic quarterback this year. Um, he has less. He has less. And then the MVP discussion, uh, he's obviously still up there, even though having uh, a little over a hundred yards less than Patrick Mahomes, uh, having more interceptions than uh, Aaron Rodgers, and. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, but he also has a better completion rate, better completion rating, and more touchdowns than both of them. So there is a good argument, and I think he continues on that. Um, he definitely continues on that this week and keep building his case more and more, especially with a offense that is significantly worse and is still. Uh, offensive line that's significantly worse than the other two than the other two quarterbacks in that race um but seattle themselves are out to prove that they are still one of the best teams in the nfc after losing two straight to the cardinals and then to the bills uh th- this is going to be a statement game for seattle and i have seattle coming out on top um Moving on to the bye weeks, teams to look out for, teams where you're probably going to have to find players to switch in fantasy. Uh, you have the Atlanta Falcons, the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New York Jets all on by this week. Uh, if you have anybody from Dallas or New York, I question why you're starting them, um, except for maybe Zeke from Dallas. Um The rest, the rest of those teams, I don't, I don't really understand why you're starting them. They're all struggling on all sides of the ball for both teams. Um, Atlanta, that you're missing Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, both quarterbacks are red hot. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley with Atlanta, Uh, even Russell Gage, uh, um, Todd Gurley potentially as well. Uh, Those are some key. Some key players um, that you're going to be missing out: uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, uh, C.E.H. Le'Veon Bell potentially if you want to if you're still taking a chance on him. Um, Harrison Butker, the Kansas City defense. Period. Um, it th- there are a lot of key players gone this week that you need to keep an eye out for. Um, and make sure that you have switched
0: all those positions. Yeah, we've gone through the bye weeks. That means it is time for this, that, and the other waiver wire, the rapid-fire game where I ask questions to my lovely co-hosts. Who do you want? Who are you picking up? Who are you dropping? All right. You guys ready? Always. Yep. All right. Let's start with the quarterback position. Are you taking Tua Tunga-Vailoa or Drew Locke?
1: I think I'm going to uh
0: uh yeah, Tua. I'm going to as well. Alright, we got Tua loa uh versus I'm gonna say it different every single time, but Nick Mullins. <laughs> Tua for sure. I'll stick with Tua. Alright. Are you gonna take the the Battle of the Lefties here? You got Tua Tonga versus Cam Newton.
1: Ooh, I'm going to kick myself, I think. I, I think I'm going to go Cam
2: Newton. Whew. I'm going to stick with Tua there.
0: All right. We got one for Cam, one for Tua, and it's either of your guys' lefties versus Teddy Bridgewater out there in Carolina.
2: Teddy B. Teddy B. The way the Dolphins have been looking, I'm going to stick with Tua.
0: All right, there we go. The split table right there. We don't have a third to make it up. All right, we're going to move on to running backs here. We're going to start with a juicy one. You got Josh Jacobs of the LV Raiders versus James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, James Conner. I'm going to go with Jacobs. All right. Split decision right off the bat. Now you got to compare that to Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb.
2: I think I'll take Chubb as well.
0: All right. We got Mr. Chubb in there versus Kenyon Drake, Arizona Cardinals. Chubb. Yep, Chubb. Yeah, good call because Kenyon Drake is uh, questionable right now. Uh, <laughs> we got Chubb <laughs> versus Austin Eckler, L.A. Chargers, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, are we are we One saying of the L.A. Like, teams? Are we saying that like, like there's no injuries whatsoever? And yeah, no injuries,
0: no injuries whatsoever. Problem. I just thought okay. I'd make th- I just thought I'd throw into people that Kenyon Drake is questionable. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, uh, I would go Austin Eckler.
0: I'd stick with Chubb. All right. Sticking with that split decision, let's move on to the wide receivers. We got the old number one, might be the number two wide receiver sitting in Carolina, DJ Moore versus possibly the old number one, possibly number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh with Juju Smith-Schuster. DJ Moore. I'm going to take Juju. All right. Taking that on. And moving on to AJ Brown comparisons with them.
1: Oh, AJ Brown definitely.
0: Yeah, I'd take Brown as well. Are you sure they're both pre- they're both performing better than AJ Brown right now? I just I think AJ Brown overall is just a
1: better wide receiver. Okay. Than Juju and DJ Moore. Uh, Juju also has a tendency. Uh, we don't need to go into descriptions why, but I just think Juju is.
0: Overrated right now. <laughs> I, I think he's inconsistent for sure. Maybe next week's podcast we'll we'll touch on some more wide receivers as we've only talked about the greatness of them so far. All right, you guys got your boy AJ Brown versus Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen.
2: Yeah, I gotta stick with my bikes. Adam
0: Thielen. <laughs> Adam Thielen probably going to be shut down this week, but we'll put him against. My favorite wide receiver, the only one I talked about today, Antonio Brown.
1: Oh, I, I'm going to go Adam Thielen, and I'm very hesitant on that. Um,
0: I'm going to go with Brown. <laughs> Ooh, we got Antonio Brown over Thielen. My pure comedy factor pick went right into their hands. Uh, let's move on to tight end here, quick. We'll get Johnu Smith versus Mike Gasecki. Uh,
1: Johnu Smith.
0: Geseki's let me down before Smith. All right, we got Smith. And possibly a tight end that's turning into a little bit of a journeyman, and the man Jimmy Graham definitely could be a waiver wire pickup this week. You no, know I'm going
1: to give in to my bias, Jimmy Graham.
0: I'm going to go Graham as well. Tiss tis tis on you guys. Put him up against Evan Ingram, see how that stacks. Jimmy Graham. I'll take Ingram. Alright, we went going on over from the Jets all the way down to the bayous of Louisiana, New Orleans Saints, Jared Cook, who you taking? Jared Cook Yeah, Cook Alright, the first agreement guys
1: I'm proud of us Round of applause,
0: there's only two of you and it's really hard to get you guys to agree apparently Alright, we're going to take it to the other side of the ball Looking at the entirety You got? Are you taking Speaking of the Bayou New Orleans Saints defense Or up north Minnesota Vikings defense Oh, I'm taking the Saints I Hate to say it, but the Saints Alright, Minnesota traded away Half their defense, so it's fine Now you got the Saints Versus another north team In Green Bay Oh. They got a hole in the middle of their defense. They do. I think I'm going to stick with the Saints here. I'll stick with the Saints as well. Alright. Honestly, I'd probably pick the Saints at this point too, So, even as a Green Bay fan. But we'll move on. Saints versus Las Vegas.
1: This is going to be Saints for me. I think, yeah, this is definitely a Saints for me.
2: I'm
0: going to say – I'll say the Saints as well for this one. All right. And the team that's going to be facing my – the team that has received the most affection from me other than the Packers this year, the Dolphins, the LA Chargers defense. Uh, Are
1: we going to assume that the Chargers defense is completely healthy? Sure. Okay, completely healthy Los Angeles Chargers defense. I'm going to take them over the Saints.
0: I'm going to stick with the Saints. All right. We're going to go ahead. It was three disagrees. No, wait. Did you both take Antonio Brown? I think you did. Uh, no, I did not
1: take Antonio Brown. No, I took you, Adam Thielen.
0: you took the... Okay. So we got two agrees, three disagrees. We'll have to see what Matt... You know, you just got to think about what would Matt have said? <laughs> I I think... I think next week
1: uh, at the beginning of the show, we'll run him through this, uh, through this exact scenario at first, just to see what he thinks and then compare to what we have
0: uh, and just see. So he can get definite answers. No (laughs) doubt. I I need to know. I need to know, but that's going to be it for this, that or the other waiver wire. So, and that's really kind of all we have for this week.
1: Uh, you know, not having Matt here kind of felt like there was a piece of us missing a little bit. He's been kind of key in making sure that these shows are going. He does a lot of our editing uh, audio-wise when, before our show goes up. He puts in a lot of work. He completely redesigned our Facebook. Uh, he built our Twitter from the ground up. Um, he knows how to quick, Twitter. Who <laughs> knows how to Twitter, yeah. Uh, you know, just a quick shout-out to Matt. Um, he He deserves it. You're here
0: in our hearts, bud.
1: Um, yeah, you know, yeah. this is one of those. This is that time of year where everything's just a little bit stressful. So everybody could have
0: used just a night off,
1: and that's kind of what this one was, you know. And we're still kind of all in quarantine here uh, due to COVID. So it'll probably be a little bit before we're all back together again, uh, before us to record. But you know, until then, if you want to, if you want to listen to these as well and give us your answers of what you would have picked. Go ahead and tweet at us at the fantasy draft on Twitter with a capital T, F, and D. And just let us know. Let us know what you would pick. Um, you can find us sharing and retweeting everything that our Twitter says um, and tweet at us directly. So if you disagree with something that I say, go ahead and call me out on Twitter. I'll gladly discuss with you anytime.
0: Only Casey's um, opinions, not mine. <laughs> and one.
1: <laughs> And while you're on our Spotify uh, listening to the podcast, if you want to get notified when a new episode comes live, you can go ahead and click a, click a quick little button there and it will go ahead and notify you anytime that a new episode is uploaded. Um, a quick shout out to Anchor that, uploads, uh, that we upload our podcast to and then they help distribute uh, our podcast anywhere and everywhere and a quick shout-out, again, to, uh, to part of my French media, really kind of getting us going, um, kind of giving us the motivation to do this. And, you know, they've been great to work with. Um, if, you need, if you need anything at all, just, again, reach out to us. And until next time, I'm Casey. I'm Brandon. I'm Chase. This has been the Fantasy Draft. Bear down.
0: Go Pack Go. School! Whatever Matt says.